Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. First, I just want to say that I'm happy to see that, in general, uh, the practice works, is working. Somebody, uh, one of the the people on staff said, uh, how's it going at lunchtime? I said, it works. You might not know if it's working or feel that it's working, but... um, just at least the interviews, the uh, practice discussions uh, I had this morning. Um, not that everybody was in bliss, but everybody was um, at least learning the value of being with the difficulties and learning some tools to uh, to hold them little by little. Um, and I, I hope you're starting to well, you're still here, so there must be something that you're getting out of it. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have been long gone. Not that you haven't had that thought maybe once or twice. But um, there is something to this. Um, somebody wrote me a, a note saying, uh, well, you know, and what is the point of this um, besides just a few moments of peace? And I hope it's okay I'm sharing what I wrote. I saw it. He said, big question. And then I wrote back, wisdom, compassion, courage to be with whatever is here, love, being present for your life, and a mind liberated from suffering. Big answer. (laughs) And whether or not you know it, all of those things are happening. Um, So I wanted to share a bit this afternoon, continuing on with a a few more aspects of um, the things that I've found really important to keep in mind as we have the intention to awaken joy or develop real well-being and wholeness. And um, I hope in these afternoon sessions, there's a trade-off, you know, there's a part of me that um, just, I love silence. And this is a bit uh, more information than on a typical retreat that that I teach as far as these uh, afternoon sessions. And for, there might be some of you who are saying, you know, just, Give me some quiet. And I really uh, invite you, if you don't want to have extra input, that it don't feel it's compulsory. But um, one reason that I have done it, we have done it this way on this retreat, is to keep on reminding us the fact that this is a path of well-being. And there are so many doorways to that. Um, And uh, given that a lot of stuff comes up, sometimes it can be lost in this just sometimes struggle to work with all the stuff that's coming up. So this is just a, a little extra offering and remembering you are developing connection and wholeness and this is for your own and others well-being so i wanted this afternoon to uh, just touch on a few other what i think of as uh, really key pieces in thinking of the practice in this way and just underscore them and practicing with them um just to mention about the wholesome states, intention, mindfulness as the key to it all, gratitude, uh, working with the difficult, 
loving ourselves we got into yesterday. Uh, tonight, Deborah's going to be talking about another central theme, uh, which I'll just leave as a surprise. Uh, so, yeah, let go of knowing that one. Um, and uh, the the fifth, which we just touched on, and and since uh, I wasn't here when it was when I thought that it might be um, spoken of, and uh, as as I was hearing just a little bit, I want to touch a little bit more, and that is on uh, integrity and uh, with integrity. Um, we're going to be touching on forgiveness this afternoon and a little bit more uh, just to open things up on gratitude. (coughs) So integrity uh, is what the Buddha spoke of as the foundation for inner peace. The Eightfold Path is based on wise three aspects of the eightfold path wise speech action and livelihood the way we are in the world and the more we can come into harmony like we did at the beginning with those precepts the more we find a sense of alignment and and inner peace Um, out of that integrity and inner peace and wholeness Uh, it's easier to settle the mind and the heart in the mind training, right? Effort, mindfulness, and concentration. And along with that alignment of values and practicing training the mind and the heart, we awaken to wisdom, which includes wise um, understanding and wise intention or wise thought. If you, when you go out at, outside the gate and there's that carousel, that prayer flag carousel. You can see all the eightfold links on there. Uh, And it's fun to do that to see, oh, which one should I be reminded of today? Oh, wise intention or wise speech, wise action. Well, this integrity is really um, something that is uh, a support for us on retreat and in our life, throughout our life. Oh, I don't have it with me, but uh, I can remember it. There's a, um, a teaching by the Buddha. He says, um, for, one, um, for one who uh, lives in virtue, um, one is, uh, the heart is free of remorse. It is a natural law that there will be no remorse. For one free of remorse, uh, it is uh, a natural law that uh, joy will arise. Then it goes on to say, one uh, with joy, it's a natural law for happiness, contentment, peace, all the way to awakening. One who lives a life of virtue is a natural law that remorse will not arise. And the Buddha called this um, this freedom from remorse the bliss of blamelessness. It's, it's quite a lofty title, the bliss of blamelessness. When you don't have anything to hide or to feel guilty about, there's a kind of spaciousness and ease inside, isn't it? Mm. And he has one teaching where he says, um, he talks about different kinds of happiness in the world. He's, and whether or not you are into meditation practice, this is for lay people, he says, there's the happiness of being free of debt. Very practical. There's the happiness of having um, enough good fortune that uh, you can be generous with uh, those uh, who you love, your loved ones. Then there's the happiness that can come from being such, having such good fortune that you can be generous with people beyond, with those beyond your 
your circle. And then the fourth kind of happiness is what he calls the bliss of blamelessness, where you act with uh, complete alignment with values and integrity. And then he says, compared with the bliss of blamelessness, those first three are not one-sixteenth as potent a source of happiness. I don't know how he figured that out, but that's what it says. And when you think about it, you can have all the money in the world live in a gold tower and not have inner peace, you know? And so this is something that's available to all of us. And just to underscore this, both for here in the retreat, but even more as you, uh, as you go back into your daily life, every moment we are planting seeds for either suffering or happiness through our actions. In this one teaching that I, I really, uh, really like, uh, he talks about different ways that we're planting these seeds of of suffering or of happiness. He says there's the planting of the seed in the, in the moment of the action, in the energy that comes back to us in response to our actions, in the recollection of our past actions, or in the habit that we're cultivating and continuing in that way. So I wanna take you through two quick scenarios so you understand more than just words. Just close your eyes for a moment and think of something not so skillful that you've done somewhere in your distant past. Maybe you clicked that send button or you were sharp with your kids or you were um, out of frustration or um, confusion. You did something that you later regret. And as you recall, notice or remember how did it feel in the moment or just the moment after that the words were spoken or the deed was done? How did it feel? Maybe for a moment it felt good, but um, how did it feel right after you did it? What was the energy that came back to you from whoever was on the receiving end? As you recall it right now and think about it, how does it feel to remember an action that you um, wished you hadn't done? And the likelihood of that action repeating is just a little bit stronger because you've practiced it. So there's four ways that an unskillful action, at least four, uh, is pl- are planting four seeds of unhappiness. Okay, I won't leave you here. Take a nice deep breath. There's good news around the corner. And clear the slate in your mind. And now think of something really skillful that you did. Maybe you were there for a friend, just a random act of kindness, or where you acted skillfully, or generously, lovingly. And as you recall this situation, how did it feel in the moment of that skillful action. Probably pretty good. What was the energy that you experienced coming back to you 
from whoever was on the receiving end. Not that it's always how you'd like, but generally as appreciation and connection. As you remember it right now, how does it feel to just recall, oh yeah, sometimes they do some nice things. And the likelihood of that happening again is greater because you practice that and we're all creatures of habit. So there's four ways that a skillful action is planting seeds of happiness. Okay, you can open your eyes. You know, when I I first got that, when it really registered, it really made me want to clean up my act, not because I'm trying to be a saint, but just, whoa, I've got some choice here, how this is manifesting and how I'm, I'm what life I'm creating. <clears throat> so um, one would think, oh, once you got the idea, oh yes, I've read the teachings and or I've taken five precepts or whatever. Okay, now clear sailing. Um, if there are any saints here, please come up and speak to me afterwards. We forget. We forget or we act uh, out of confusion. And so another aspect of this living with integrity is, um, is holding our unskillful actions with great kindness. Because as I think I said the other day, uh, coming from a lineage of guilt, Um, you just keep on feeling small the more you blame yourself and saying, oh, what a jerk I was. I'm I'm always going to be a jerk, you know, gosh, or whatever your self-loathing story is that you tell yourself or how merciless we can be. So forgiveness is a really central piece in this learning bliss of blamelessness. As I said earlier, as long as you're learning, there are no mistakes. And the Buddha in this discourse, it's a discourse to his son, Rahula, Majima Nikaya number 61, where he says, if, you, if you're about to do something unskillful, Or if you're about to do an act and you're not sure whether it's skillful or unskillful, just reflect, oh, where is this leading? Is it leading to suffering or happiness? And if you don't want to suffer and it's leading that way, don't do it. And then he says, but you might not realize until you're in the middle of the act, if you can reflect, "Mm, where is this leading to my own affliction or others' affliction or happiness? And again, if you can see, then go for happiness. And then he further on in the discourse says, you might not realize it until after the deed is done or the words have been spoken. He doesn't say, go ahead and beat yourself up. He says, reflect and see what you can learn from the past and apply what's called wise remorse or wise reflection in seeing, oh, this is how it felt. This is the consequence of that action. I don't want to suffer or cause suffering to others. I'm going to commit to doing it differently in the future. And if you can make amends or confess to somebody who who you respect, who's a mentor or an elder, do that, he suggests. Okay. So, um, I want to do a little bit of healing from the past and forgiveness okay, for ourselves. 
And this is part of that loving ourselves. To, to be kind and heal things that we've been holding for some time. Okay. And as I said earlier, that, that line, forgiveness is giving up all hope of a better past. Every time you replay it and you just feel lousier and lousier, um, you are just in a tape loop. But there's a way to actually consciously heal from the past. And so I want to offer this as a, a little exercise and practice. And if you'd um, sit up, we can do this together. If there is something that has lingered from the past, or maybe something that you uh, that you just thought of now, just to use it as a little practice, just think of whatever incident that you might regret or feel at all guilty about. And as you recall the situation, just notice what was going on inside, inside of you that came out as the words or the action. Just notice if there was fear there or confusion or stress. some not seeing clearly in some way that would make you act in a way that you regret. And as you tune into that fear or confusion or whatever um, affected your words or actions, Just imagine another person being caught in their confusion and acting in the same way. And you saw their, their confusion. Could you understand and forgive them? especially if they truly felt remorse. And now imagine yourself as a wise and kind being. If it's possible to bring that same understanding and compassion to that place inside of you that gets confused and forgive yourself. That little, we're all just little boys and girls in big bodies when we act out of confusion. Just reflect on what you learned in looking back and what you learned from this situation and how you might act differently in similar situations in the future. And if it's accessible, make a deliberate commitment to act in that more skillful way in the future. Make it right now so it's not wasted. Let it be the springboard for skillful action in the future.
You might even dedicate the merit, the wholesomeness of your skillful actions in the future to the benefit of whoever was on the receiving end of the past, as well as yourself. And if it is possible for you to sincerely apologize or um, ask forgiveness from someone you may have hurt, you might do that without expecting any particular response. Just something to consider to clean the slate. And notice how it feels Maybe you're not quite there with forgiving yourself, but if you wish you could forgive yourself, then tune into the wholesomeness of that wish. Notice the wholesomeness of that intention in your body and in your mind. Okay, maybe before we go on, if uh, any questions or anything that might have arisen from that. Um, yes. You were talking about unskillful action. Uh, inaction. Unskillful inaction when you didn't step up and act? Yeah. Same. Same thing. There, it's... Um, it's just, you know, the other side of the same coin that I wish I would have done it differently. And again, notice what was going on inside, what might have contributed to that inaction. The more you can understand why you did what you did or why someone does what they do, then compassion can naturally follow, then there can be a healing. Is that enough? Anything more that you want to? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ah, that's okay. Now we're, so this is talking about forgiving another, you know, kind of, uh, <clears throat> moving ahead on things, but <laughs> that, that's fine. No, I can, we can just address it now. If you can't understand why someone did what they did, then there's more understanding to do. People do unskillful things because it makes sense to them when they were doing it. This is not to condone, and we're, I don't know if we'll, I'll just talk a little bit right now because I was gonna get to um, extending and forgiving others. Um, uh, I wasn't sure whether I'd get to it in this session or in a future one, but just for now, address. Um, uh, the, the Dalai Lama has this wonderful teaching, Jane, uh, mentioned it in passing. He says, if somebody does something that is upsetting to you or hurtful to you, then understand that it's often not that they're trying to hurt you, although sometimes it is, but it's that their internal reality is intersecting with your internal reality in a way that 
doesn't match your expectations and that impinges upon and can be very hurtful. But the thing to keep in mind, even with the most heinous actions, is that everybody is living in a bubble that makes sense to them. Whether they're confused or deeply wounded. And so to understand that is really the key. I, I met this, um, this young woman, she's, uh, when I went to Trinidad, this young, very wise um, young woman named Lael Ann. She said, I have, um, I've thought of an invention that will, uh, I think will lead to world peace. And I said, oh yeah, tell me. And she said, yeah, it's called a perspective helmet. You put it on and all of a sudden you understand what somebody others, <clears throat> the other person's reality is. I said, I think you got the answer. Now just go ahead and figure out how to do it. Because that's the key. Once you can understand it's, it's Jesus on the cross saying, forgive them. They know not what they do. It's a very profound teaching as they're crucifying him. I came across a, a, a poster in, uh, at, at UC Berkeley one, one day. I was walking through the halls and there was this big poster uh, of a very sad boy. And the caption on the poster said, a child raised in a home with domestic violence is 700 times more likely to experience domestic violence in their adulthood. Either on the perpetrating or receiving end. And I saw that and it would just kind of stop me in my tracks, whoa. Who am I to say <clears throat> what makes somebody the way they are? And so it's a big leap, but when you don't understand, just know that you don't understand. And it's hard to say, you know, you know why don't they get it together? Or it's easy to say that. It's harder to say, oh, why don't they? Why are they so wounded? Now this is not to condone hurtful, traumatic, awful things. And we might not be ready yet to forgive and it's not appropriate yet to forgive if we haven't processed the pain and the hurt. But to know that holding on to that bitterness and that, um, that hatred and that anger and the Buddha has this image, it's like taking a hot coal, wanting to hurt the other person and not realizing you're the one that's getting burned. Or like drinking poison and hoping the other person will get sick. We're the ones that are carrying around that bitterness and that hate. So um, in time, when one is ready and one has processed all the hurt and the trauma and uh, and those those uh, uh, those awful things that have happened in time, forgiveness is is the answer. Is the is the the freedom. Uh, Desmond Tutu, who ar uh, was the architect of the uh, ethics, uh, the uh, reconciliation program after apartheid in South Africa, who heard one awful story after another. He said, um, forgiveness is the highest form of self-interest. I need to forgive so that my own anger and lust for revenge does not corrode my own being. But we can't force it. We can't be there before we are. And so if you wish you could forgive, but aren't quite there, Tune into the fact that I wish I could forgive. Because there's something 
healthy about that too. So anyway, that's a um, little digression, but um, there we are. So I want to come back to now, uh, back to forgiveness in the sense of loving ourselves. So perhaps you got a glimpse of healing from the past. How are we doing? Um, and uh, another aspect of forgiveness, particularly when it comes to ourselves, is not just about past action, but about <clears throat> who we are in our minds and how we do or don't measure up with our ideal, just in case you ever have a whiff of not measuring up in your mind. Mm. This is kind of a continuation of what I was talking about last night. Um, there's so many ways that we can judge ourselves or compare ourselves with others or compare ourselves to our imagined unrealistic goal or image. You know, that's where, like uh, when Jane was reading The Gold Shivers, you know, we get so many different messages of how we're supposed to be, you know, whether beautiful and rail thin, oh, that's, that's it, I'm not there. Or strong and muscular or powerful and confident and we, we measure ourselves up against all these messages that are not realistic, you know, just look at how popular Barbie dolls are. And do you ever see that, that woman who turned herself into a human Barbie doll? It's really sad. Um, so to forgive ourselves and just appreciate who we are for who we are, there's never been another you just like you. So I uh, want to um, do another little practice around forgiveness towards ourselves. Just think for a moment. How we, you might judge yourself whatever shortcomings or how you might not be good enough in some way Just ask yourself, what do I need to forgive myself for? Whether it's, it can be a, a quality, a personality trait, or a physical trait. There's your body serving you the best it can how miraculous it is. There's your good heart trying to do the best it can to be kind and clear and wise. And it gets confused sometimes. So this isn't so much about the past. This is about who we are or how we hold ourselves to be. And just reflect, what do I need to forgive myself for? Once again, imagine someone else with these traits, you know, short temper or um, whatever physical characteristic or uh, wanting and, or sadness or loneliness or whatever. And imagine somebody else with that same quality that's hard to accept in yourself. Could you accept it in them?
So let the, once again, the wisest and most compassionate part of you forgive that little one inside who somehow doesn't feel good enough. And let yourself feel the wholesomeness of your compassion. And then what would you need to understand in order to truly forgive yourself? And now forgive yourself. I forgive that part of me for just being human. And appreciate what you do have, the blessings that you do have. Now let yourself just have whatever your experience was. You just, perhaps you can start to move towards that kindness and releasing the, the unrealistic value uh, measurement. Okay, anything that might have come up from that. We're almost finished and um, Just hang in there for a little bit more. Okay, so now um, going from forgiveness, I wanna follow up on gratitude, particularly towards yourself. Yesterday, Jane was talking about gratitude uh, with with all um, all the blessings in our life. This one I want to share with you uh, gratitude for who you are. And then we'll finish with a little uh, optional exercise that you can either be doing in here, or if you'd like, you can, uh, uh, we'll have some time and you can go out and uh, do some walking. Mm. And this is, um, maybe before we go on, just stretch for a moment, okay? If you want, you can stand up and stretch. Don't go away though. You don't want to miss gratitude. Okay. So this is the good news. Just like we can focus on what's wrong, um, don't miss out on focusing on what's right. And I wanna share with you a, um, 
a guided meditation that was put together. I, I have this in uh, Awakening Joy. was put together by uh, my dear friend Patricia Ellsberg, who um, uh, would put together these beautiful guided meditations. And this one is uh, on gratitude for ourselves. Okay, so uh, you can just um, relax and receive. Open in gratitude for the breath that nourishes every cell in your body and has sustained you from the moment you were born. Open in gratitude for the miracle of your body that despite whatever weaknesses or limitations serves you and allows you to sense the wonders of the world. For your brain that coordinates all the functions of your body without you even being aware of it. Open in gratitude for consciousness that allows you to perceive, feel, and be amazed. For the eyes that allow you to see the abounding beauty that surrounds you, colors and shapes, the face of a loved one. Let yourself feel gratitude for the ears that enable you to hear birds singing, wind rustling in leaves, words people say to you, and the laughter of children. For the sense of smell that allows you to enjoy the fragrance of flowers, the scent of fresh air, your favorite food. For your mouth and tongue that enable you to taste the fruits of the earth to enjoy a ripe peach or chocolate melting in your mouth. Open in gratitude for the skin that protects you and yet allows you to touch and sense the world Feel warmth, coolness, softness, the touch of a loved one. Open in gratitude for your heart that beats faithfully your whole life from even before you were born. open to a sense of wonder and gratitude for the amazing gift of being awake and alive in this precious human form.
the fact that we exist or that anything exists at all is a wondrous mystery. We all live in the midst of a miracle, open in gratitude. So um, with that and uh, perhaps last night when I invited you to see yourself through, your, through someone, some other being's eyes, your dog or cat or friend or loved one, uh, maybe you're starting hopefully to get a little glimpse of how neat you are. And uh, what I would invite you to do, we have about, oh, 20 minutes till the next sitting. Uh, if you feel like getting outside, I'm just, that's fine. And just enjoy, really enjoy being outside. Um, if you feel like it, um, another option, which you can either do now or later on on your free time or don't feel it's compulsory, is um, to write a letter to yourself. Yesterday we wrote a letter to, to somebody that we feel grateful to. But to write a letter to yourself, either or perhaps both, a letter including forgiveness and gratitude. From the wisest, most loving part to that little one that sometimes gets confused and frightened um, this can be a really powerful healing. Um, so you can do that as you like. And uh, there's paper and pens up here if you want to get started now or if you want to take a piece of paper and do it at your own time later. And we'll come back uh, at 5 o'clock for a sitting. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.